Hi, I'm Estelle. I spent a decade of my life in the area of social media influence, VIP parties, and traveling the world, but it left me feeling empty, lost, and longing for something more. Now you're listening to The Purposepreneur, where I have meaningful conversations with awesome people about life, purpose, and creativity. We try to figure out who we are and what to do with our one amazing life. I hope this helps you in some way as well. Let's begin. Hey guys, I'm excited for today's episode on fitness entrepreneurship and I interview Linda and Alex on their personal and business journey in starting various fitness-themed businesses. We talk about how to create a beautiful, genuine and strong fitness brand and community. For this episode, we have an amazing giveaway as well. Linda will give away a session at WeBar to three lucky winners and Alex will give away three consultations by Avery and Co to anyone who wants to build a fitness, wellness, nutrition or coaching business. So stay tuned for the giveaway details at the end of the episode. Hi guys. So I have today two dear friends. I have Alex and I have Linda. You know, clearly building a fitness business takes sweat determination and hard work. Right guys? So I would love to hear about each of your personal journeys, stories and lessons in building fitness brands and communities over the years. So for Alex, that's building a fitness and wellness center known as Core Collective, which is at Anson Road and Dempsey. He was involved in a business called Novathor. He has been a co-founder of Kampong Collective, which is an awesome community for community builders. And now he runs Aviary & Co. And they offer fitness and wellness consulting for small businesses or entrepreneurs who want to start businesses in the fitness and wellness space. And for Linda, she's the awesome gal boss of WeBar. But there's so much also to you, Linda more than, yeah, just more than just WeBar itself. And so I'm just so happy to get to glean all these amazing personal lessons and stories and tips. And I think it would hopefully be helpful for fitness enthusiasts or other entrepreneurs out there. So maybe to start, each of you could share, uh, you know, just an overview of your personal or your career journey that got you to where you are today. You know, so Linda, maybe you'd like to start. How did you get started, right? And what are some key lessons that you also have learned along the way in your personal and in your business life? Awesome. Thank you, Estelle. And thank you for having us. Um, I heard you talk about this little project that you've been so passionate about for so long. So I'm so happy to see it come to life and uh, your episode is launching week on week. So amazing. And I'm so happy to be on it. Um, for myself, I am a true believer that everything happens for a reason and everything leads you you know, to where you're meant to be every step of the way. So, um, you know, people always ask me about my journey and you know, what is your biggest regret or is there anything that you would have done differently? And, and, you know, I really struggle to answer this because I always say no, like I wouldn't have done anything differently. I really feel that everything I went through, good or bad, has taught me something to where I am today. And um, I mean, a little snapshot of my journey, I started um, from a corporate background. I used to be working at P&G and Unilever. I came from a brand management marketing degree. And that was something that I really enjoyed doing because I always felt like marketing or brand management was the marriage of 
a bit of science, like a bit of strategy, but also a bit of art, a bit of creativity. And I love the hybrid of the two. And it stimulated me, left brain, right brain, and was able to challenge me in both ways. Um, seven years later, I always had this entrepreneurial itch in me. My dad was quite entrepreneurial and I always knew I wanted to do something for myself that was not in the corporate route, but I didn't know what, when, how. And I think this is quite common, you know, a lot of people kind of have something in the back burner, but then it's not enough to get them over the edge and to actually deep dive and take all the risk and do it. Um, so I really felt like in this moment when I decided to leave my, the corporate world and start Weba, it was really when all the stars aligned. And I think if they didn't, I wouldn't have had the courage to kind of jump in um, with, you know, bank account, um, all the risk and everything. So, um, so yeah, when I say stars align, I mean, I felt like I had grasped um, quite a few concepts in the corporate world that I felt would empower me to do decent in the startup world. I mean, like working with different people, working on strategy, branding, um, understanding customers. Also, I felt that I was at a point in time in my career where I wanted something different. I was craving something different, a different structure, a different learning, different people. Um, and then I also met my business partner, Annabelle. So I felt that everything came together very well. And um, I had the idea, I had the knowledge that I felt um, was kind of the bare minimum to get started. And I met the best partner that I could go on this journey with. So yeah, so then I deep dive into WeBar about five years ago. I can't believe how fast time has flown. But you know, I congratulations on five years for WeBar! Yay! Oh, it is yeah, crazy. you guys literally you. just turned five, right? Literally. Well, it's our birthday month is in Feb, but we kind of celebrate okay. Jan into Feb. So, right. but this time of year is pretty much our anniversary. And you deserve a two um, month celebration. All good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so surreal, and I think over the five years, I've just honestly loved it more and more and more and found deeper meaning in it. And even though it's the same brand, the brand is evolving as our community is evolving, as the workout is evolving. And um, it is still something that is the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. And I always say I've never worked as hard in my life, but I've also never felt so fulfilled in my life. So yeah, that's kind of in a snapshot where I am today. Wow. You know, maybe you could tell me a little bit more because you mentioned your business partner, Annabelle. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, I think one of the dilemmas is always, do I do it on my own or do I share the workload with a partner? And how do you know when you find the right partner? So how did you, mm. how, what was, maybe you could share a little bit more of that journey of what was it like meeting Annabelle? How do you decide whether you were aligned with the vision and, and if that was someone you wanted to trust and you wanted to build? something like Viva and your baby with, yeah. Yeah. I think this is a topic that people don't talk about um, candidly enough. And I think yeah. a lot of people do jump in based very much on synergy and emotional connection um, or friendship. And, and also FOMO, like you're kind of like, oh, maybe this person will do it with me. And maybe it's not a perfect fit, but like, you know, then I feel less scared and I feel like we can actually do it because I've got someone else. And, you know, sometimes the reasons aren't always rational and you're not able to kind of sit back and, and see, are we actually going to be good business partners together? Because business partners is not necessarily good friends. I mean, Annabelle and I are good friends as well, but you can't look at the same criteria for a business partner wow. as you would get friends. And um, I actually really liked that Annabelle and I met not as close friends. Like we weren't, we didn't know each other that well. We met each other on the year we started our business. 
So the reason why we were drawn to each other is because we both had this very um, deep passion for fitness and we were both very curious and we both would travel and do different fitness classes. She had come and taken cycle classes at Seven Cycle, which is a studio I was teaching at. Um, and we just kind of really saw this, uh, this fire, this flame within us for the industry that uh, we felt we could really both add value in. And actually we're very different. And I think that is what makes us great partners. Um, we complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. We're able to show each other different perspectives we wouldn't have seen on our own. So to me, that is the best partnership. You want someone to be able to pick up where you are not so strong and you want someone that is able to balance. So we always say we're the yin to each other's yang. And I think that is a good description of what I feel uh, a good partnership for work or for a business. Because the thing is, when you go in with someone very similar, I mean, you want to look at what the value add is, right? So if I'm like, Estelle, I reckon we should do this. And you're like, oh, Linda, I'm the same as you. So I agree. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And then we just do the same thing, you know, for everything. And that's great as friends. You, as friends, you want to go eat the same food. You want to travel to the same places. But as a business partner, you want someone to challenge you. You want someone to help make your concept better and stronger and see the holes you wouldn't have been being able to see yourself. So actually I feel um, if you're looking for a business partner, uh, go read articles. There are plenty of articles out there about the pros and cons. Two people, three people, how to do a, uh, a, an agreement on what responsibilities you both have and how it would work when things don't go well. Um, also look at your own personality. Do you, are you able to deliver more value? Are you able to kind of brainstorm and is that able to like ignite something in you that, that is able to kind of contribute more in a people and people relationship? Or are you someone that kind of, does that drain you even more? Does that take away more from you? And would you be stronger as a solo because you kind of just want to be the sole leader and you know, you want to make all the key decisions. So I think it depends on if I summarize your personality, um, how you are with people, what you think you could derive the most value from. And the structure of the partnership would depend on the value that you're looking to add and how you could complement each other. And of course, you must have the same vision. I mean, that is probably the most important thing. You must have the same vision in terms of how much money do you want to make? Do you, is this going to be like, you know, a two-year thing and then sell and out? Is this going to be like something you're going to balance with the rest of your life? Is this something that everyone needs to give every single minute of their day to? I mean, if you don't have an alignment on those values as well, it's going to be very tough. Wow. Yeah, I guess what I'm hearing from you as well is alignment of expectations, right? Because some people don't have the work-life boundary. Like they want to work Saturday morning to midnight. If they text you at 2 a.m., they expect a reply. And if you're someone that just has a very different expectation of, let's say, okay, I'm going to switch off at 5 or 6 p.m. every day. Or like you say, if you're not aligned in vision. So one of my friends, uh, Kwek Xiaoyin, she runs a thought collective and she was giving me marriage advice. Ooh, so... So even as a single, she said, you know, that what makes a marriage work is alignment. You know, so whatever you're, you're, you're looking for, it's not really the, yeah, I mean, I think there's so many things that make a, a good marriage, right? But I think one of the things she was pointing out was alignment. And I'm just thinking about how that is also what translates in a good business partnership. And as you know, having a business partner is probably like getting married. So, uh, yeah, Alex, 100%. the merit one 100%. can give us advice on that as well. <laughs> so good. How about you, Alex? How did you get started on your journey as a fitness entrepreneur? 
I just want to add on to what um, Linda was talking about with regard to partnerships, right? So I, I'm in a bit of a unique situation because I've been involved in different partners in different businesses um, along the way. And this time starting Aviary & Co, I specifically decided and chosen to be on my own. So I'm a solopreneur. I don't want yes. to have anybody else um, contributing to the way that I'm running the business. I want to be running the business at the pace that I want to be uh, having it at based on the life stage that I'm at as a, fa as a father, uh, watching my child grow up. And I don't want any investors coming in to say, okay, you need to hit this revenue by right. X number of uh, uh, duration or whatever, right? So yeah, so deciding to do things on my own, I think is something... Uh, to add to what you, you mentioned, it's really about the life stage. Lah. So at which stage are you at? And that actually determines uh, whether or not you choose different partners, uh, whether you exit the business, whether you enter business or whatever. Yeah, but uh, this is the way that I've chosen to do it uh, as a solo premier. Right, so uh, you asked, right, how did I end up being a, a fitness entrepreneur? I would, I'm not sure whether I would call myself a fitness entrepreneur. Maybe I am within the space of fitness, health and wellness. Right, so calling myself fitness entrepreneur might be too um, niche or too specific, right? And Aviary & Co. was born out of the uh, circuit breaker, right? And pre-circuit breaker, I was actually part of the Novothor business uh, with a business partner, running it for one and a half years. And our plan was to bring the brand, which we had created, it's called Avantia Wellness. So the Novothor brand was the engine for the uh, Avantia Wellness uh, business. Right. And Avantia Wellness was going to be franchised. And having done up the sales deck as well as the franchise manual, we actually secured two NDAs in KL and two NDAs in Singapore. So we oh. were actually going to be bringing this forward in 2020. And then the circuit breaker happened, uh, pandemic happened. So all expansion plans for... Uh, the business, the B2B expansion was, was a shelf, right? And that was something that I never ever uh, saw would happen. And that was something that I was actually banging on the business for it to be successful. So having only to be able to deal with the B2C uh, business, uh, that wasn't something that I wanted to continue to focus on, not knowing when the pandemic would end, right? So that's also when I made the decision to leave as a business partner for the Avantia Wellness, uh, Novothor business, and start uh, Aviary & Co. And there was a lot of soul-searching, understanding what I'm good at, you know, purpose-building, right, really. And uh, I think that after discovering my why and finding my purpose during that couple of uh, tough months with no revenue, no income, I realized that it's actually easy to a certain extent if you have those uh, processes put in place. And I also realized that there were many people that didn't really know how to get there. And therefore, setting up Avery & Co. as a consultant and coach gave me that opportunity to be able to help businesses and individuals be able to get there. So clarity of direction, you know, uh, unlocking fruitful solutions, experiencing growth. You know, if they're stuck, there's probably something that I can do to help them be unstuck. So that's why I started Avery & Co. And uh, a lot of things also happened. Like, you know, I started a couple of podcasts. You know, it's good now to be on the other end where you're asking me questions because most of the time I'm the one asking people questions. Oh, I need right? to learn from you, Alex. <laughs> you started it before me so I could learn a thing or two for sure. Yeah, anytime, man, right? I mean, the more you do it, the better you get really, right? So yeah. in fact, uh, Linda was one of, my, uh, one of my guests on my first uh, podcast series, which is uh, the Community Builders Speak. 
then that wow. moved on to yeah so i've got then i've got lost at 40 copy chat with alex and then i've got athletes grip from sports to life and a new one that's in the pipeline is called fitness hustle your dream career so wow. this one actually is very relevant to someone like linda right and maybe not just yourself but even your teacher so a lot of friends uh that are business uh boutique gym owners or gym owners uh, and, and they say that, hey, Alex, I need to look for an instructor. I need to look for a gym manager. I need to look for, do you have any Lobang or Kang Tao? No? And they say the market is too small. Uh, the supply is so low, but the demand is so high. And every couple of months, you see a new uh, a boutique fitness brand popping up, you know, or somebody is expanding to a new location. I think, Linda, you can probably, uh, uh, this would resonate with you, where it's difficult to find good, good uh, talent right, uh, good employees to, to employ or good staff. <laughs> and, and I realized that, hey, you know, I think, why is, it, why is it that nobody wants to be coming out to, to be in this uh, industry, right? If we do fitness hustle, your dream career, and we interview people, uh, fitness instructors who are already being very successful in whatever they're doing, then people who aspire to be doing it then will come to say that, hey, yeah, you know, I can actually do it. You know, so and so is really doing it. I've heard their story multiple stories that I'm hearing and I can do it. I want to graduate. Uh, and even though I've got a degree that has nothing to do with this, this is something that I want to move into. And I think it's also about understanding that it doesn't mean that if you come out to be a fitness instructor, you need to be a gym owner like uh, Weba, right? You can actually, there are different career tracks that you can actually explore and still be happy doing what you're doing. Have the time that you need. Uh, be sustainable in terms of the revenue that you generate. And, and, uh, have a long, a longer life in terms, a lifespan in terms of uh, where you're headed in what you're doing. And so that's that's a little bit of fitness hustle, but you know you were asking about oh, how I ended up here, right? So it's quite a long journey actually. I'll try to make it as short as possible, right? So it's twenty years of journey. I started out as a professional water polo player, so I played water polo for Singapore two years, uh, and then uh, after that, I was actually a, a physical education teacher in a government school. So I spent eight years in a oh, government wow, school. wow, you were a teacher as well Yes, in I was school. a teacher for, okay. for eight years in, in school. And in the eight years, I, I think started Alex a has a very things. kind face. Don't you think so, Linda? <laughs> <laughs> I would listen to you if you were my teacher. Okay, go on. <laughs> so I was the teacher with the Tao face, actually. People would okay. be afraid of me. You know, I would walk into the class and they would all keep quiet. But I was teaching in a junior college. So sure. students were a bit older, uh, better uh, relationship to, to, to be able to understand them. Yeah, I did that for eight years. Uh, I was a PE teacher. When I left, I was actually head of department for student leadership and character development. I was also coaching uh, the swimming team as well as the water polo team. So quite a lot of stuff. That so was a lot, actually a lot of training and coaching already was in parts of oh, your career. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So mm. actually that's where it all started. La, and right. that's where I got trained to be a facilitator. That's where I started coaching. You know, to me, it was, it was coaching, mentoring. I didn't know that all of these skills that I honed as a teacher would be so useful to whatever I had. Yeah. was going to be doing right you know when linda talked about you know uh, whatever you do at each life stage actually prepares you for the next stage so yeah i started a few businesses as well uh, fnb retail i uh, started the ice cream parlor uh, i was refurbishing old furniture that was my passion it still is but i haven't had time to be doing that um, oh my gosh, agent. Alex, you are a classic entrepreneur, very creative, <laughs> comes out in like 20 different projects like me. But not okay. all of them successful, la. you know, some of them feel exactly. terrible. Of course. Right? But you know, small investments put in here and there, right. but really just to learn the craft. Yeah. Right. And, and then in 2013, I left education because I, I didn't see myself as a 50, 60 year old uncle being able to continue teaching. 
I was looking at some of my colleagues and I said, I don't think I can be that uncle doing that same thing. So uh, I had the opportunity to go to Thailand to work. So I spent four oh. years in Bangkok. Yeah, I, I was a project manager for a service apartment. I launched a hundred room service apartment. And then the brand owners who were different from the real estate uh, owners that were my employers decided to hire me to be the general manager. So suddenly I was in hospitality, right? And I'm like, if I'm given the opportunity, why not just grab it, right? So yeah, so towards the end of that, I was actually managing not just the service apartment in Bangkok, but also the uh, boutique hotel in Singapore. And the year 2017 was a good, good and bad year for me. Like good year because we actually won Best Service Apartment Thailand uh, in, in 2017. Uh, bad year because that's also the year that I left uh, hospitality to focus on an events company that I had invested in. So I brought this brand that we had created, the events company. So I took a pay cut uh, as a founder or startup uh, owner and uh, brought the brand from Singapore to Malaysia to Hong Kong to Thailand. We had four was it people fitness events specifically? It was a fitness event. Okay. It was a run event, right? So right. Uh, I speak about it openly now, but there was a period of time where I was still uh, very uncomfortable talking about it. So it's actually called the YOLO run, Y-O-L-O. Wow, uh, yeah, I have definitely of, of heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it ended That's terribly great. in 2017 because, okay. because in Singapore, it was the third, the, the third year that was running and there were 15,000 people participating. This was at the F1 pit. So everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Uh, it was the worst event of the year, maybe worst event of the decade. I don't know. But uh, I was the face and, uh, uh, of the brand and the company. So I got all the backlash, you know, daily right. papers were trying to interview me. Social media was, was flaming me all the time. And yeah, it was a very, very traumatic experience for me. I uh, just uh, oh no, very, I'm sorry very to hear time. that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, events are, are crazy. It's ridiculously to run, like having you know, gone for festivals and spoken to people who run music festivals or Laneway or, you know, future music festival. I mean, just so many moving parts, right? Dealing with the different government agencies and 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 they don't necessarily all have the same deliverables and different people want different things. And yeah, just all the external elements. I can imagine yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. It, it was also about, you know, understanding my business partner was not the right business partner because there were a lot of things that were kept from me or hidden or not transparent. And that's also the okay. reason why I decided to exit that business. Yeah. It was really on hindsight, like, you know, you know, when they talk about PTSD, right, post-traumatic stress disorder, I think it was only after two years that I actually managed to be openly talking about it and sharing with people. Uh, otherwise, I would just keep it within myself and right. refuse to speak about it. And I'll just say that it was a nightmare period of my life. But okay. the, I think the main issue was the trust that was broken, right? So I had 100% or 200% absolute trust in this business partner because he was actually my ex-student. Uh, I was his mentor when uh, we were in school or when he was in school. So having seen how this guy grew from uh, tippet little guy into a leader in school and then you know starting in his own business and you know having that entrepreneurial spirit and I decided to support him in that sense but having um, seen how he had morphed and developed into a different person and not being not being able to understand how that could have happened when I was there throughout the time that all that happened was something that I think I really could not come to terms with and even though my wife was, you know, telling me that, hey, there's something is wrong, but I refused to listen to any uh, third party uh, observations or advice that uh, were coming in. So, yeah, that was, I think, uh, 
something. So list, I guess the, the, the learning here would be listen to the people around you because sometimes when you're in it too much, uh, you really get blindsided and you cannot see and understand anything else emotionally, uh, psychologically, you cannot understand. And therefore, you need to have that uh, external support system, right, to be able to help you get uh, there. And it was actually that same external support system that helped me to get out of this Right. So I'm very thankful to, you know, the friends as well as family and my wife that they helped me get out of this dark period. And, you know, it, 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 this dark period was tough. And another tough thing was dealing with the fact that I had such a non-linear career, right? Starting different types of businesses, which had no relevance uh, because, you know, F&B, tuition agency, retail, and then being an educator in, in teaching and then hospitality, project management events, business, who the hell is going to hire this dude at, you know, uh, in his late 30s, right? So that was a really, really tough period for me as well because it was not understanding, not, it was knowing that society was not going to be accepting somebody of such a diverse, non-linear career. Yeah, but, you know, lo and behold, a headhunter actually called me for my role at uh, Core Collective, right? So I guess, you know, lucky stars align and they were looking for someone who was in service, uh, hospitality, and very familiar with uh, fitness and wellness, which is everything and also education. So it was everything that they were looking for that I was able to provide for. So the interview process was very tough, right? Uh, Because CEO Michelle is very tough uh, founder. But um, I got through uh, all three rounds and then I was hired uh, to manage the team of uh, 15, 16 at that point, pre-opening team two months, to, two months prior to launch. And all the way till one and a half years after we launched the second property at Dempsey. Uh, the reason why I left was because my daughter was born and I wanted to spend time with her. So there were... Hours were long, like, you know, 12, something, 14 hour days. And I was a bit of a workaholic as well, right? So I'll be in in the morning and I'll leave. Uh, like sometimes I'll be the last guy to leave. So I didn't feel that that sort of lifestyle would be good for me to uh, bring up a child, right? That's, so that's the reason why I left. And, you know, running that business uh, with the Avante Wellness uh, Novathor, that took another one and a half years before pandemic hit. And yeah, this is, this is where we are now. So I guess, you know, the different challenges that I've faced, uh, ups and downs in my professional and personal life, actually have shaped who I am, right? And it's very circumstantial, right? Uh, everything prepares you for wherever you are at the moment. And I think going through the circuit breaker and understanding my, my, my why, right? And I realized that what you enjoy doing need not necessarily be something that you are good at doing or more like what you're good at doing need not be something that you uh, enjoy doing. And it was really teasing out what things within all the different career paths or or roles that I've held that uh, actually uh, make me enjoy what I'm doing. And currently I dare say that, you know, when, when Linda said fulfillment, right, I am fulfilled. I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. Revenue wise, definitely not earning as much as when I was uh, a full-time employee, but I see that there is a runway and trajectory and, you know, being able to spend time with my family and daughter, I think that sort of uh, time is priceless. So you can't put a value to that. Uh, Of course, you still need to, to put food on the table and all that is settled, but, um, not living a lavish life, I think uh, that that's something uh, need to be able to come to terms with. Again, again, it's an expectation, right? So yeah, very, very, very happy at the moment uh, with current circumstances and wanting to be able to help other people who are 
uh, stuck or not happy, possibly find some form of clarity and be happy and fulfilled in their life, which is what, uh, what I'm doing with uh, or at Avery & Co. I mean, even with all the podcasts, right? Uh, storytelling, you know, yeah. inspiring and motivating. Yeah. So that's my purpose, lah, really, is to, to add value to people's lives. Yeah. You're both really the embodiment, you know, of the purposepreneur. So it, it really is so, so perfect. And it's such mm-hmm. an honor to, yeah, I have both of you. You you just really are exactly the model of that in my, my eyes. Thanks for listening in today. At The Purposepreneur, I'm always looking for ways to support your growth and encourage you to live out your fullest purpose. I'm so happy to share that we have three rebar sessions and three consultation sessions by Avery & Co. to give away. To win a session with Rebar, tell us one way you'd like to be stronger in this year in 2021. To win a half-hour consultation session with Alex and Avery & Co., tell us what business you'd like to start or grow. For the above, Alex, Linda and myself will pick the top three comments. For a chance to win, Comment your answer on my Instagram giveaway post on The Purposepreneur. And number two, follow The Purposepreneur, WeBarSG, Avery & Co. on Instagram. Bonus points too if you share a screenshot from this podcast interview on your Instagram or social media feed. If you think someone would benefit from this podcast or episode, please share it with them as well. Thanks for listening and see you next episode.